Hello and welcome to the Fishing Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Weekman. Well, I tell you what, love to have John Stein on with the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission because he always has a good scoop. <laughs> so <right. laughs> uh, this week, uh, actually, what we're going to talk about is what's going to happen the following week. And so uh, we'll uh, jump into it. Uh, tell us a little bit about your position, what you do up there in Rogers, and, uh, and then start with the uh, habitat program you have okay. going. Yeah, I'm a district fisheries supervisor in northwest Arkansas. Um, we manage fish populations in five counties. Uh, there's three other employees that work out of our office to to do uh, fish management of, of the lakes and rivers in northwest Arkansas. Um, yeah, and we have a pretty big project coming up. It's going to be on October 14th and 15th, and uh, this is all part of the Reservoir Fish Habitat Partnership funding that we got uh-huh. basically uh, we got about a we got a forty thousand dollar grant to do work in the watershed uh, do some bank stabilization work and that uh-huh. helps reduce sedimentation getting into the lake um, but to get that grant we needed to have some in-kind labor so we uh, right. we actually are asking the public to sign up to help us do some uh, fish habitat work in the lake and uh, on October 14th and 15th, we're going to be um, working out of the Joe Creek area. Um, we're going to be basically having volunteers drag trees down to the shoreline, put them on barges, tie on blocks, and then help us right. sink them in the lake. Um, they can meet us. Uh, it'll be from 8 to 3 on uh, Friday and Saturday. It's October 14th and 15th. Uh-huh. And uh, we're meeting over at the day use area at a uh, horseshoe bend okay the, the, there's a day use area there that has a camp has a, a boat ramp that's just across from the marina it's a small boat ramp that a lot of people don't use but it's it's uh just across from the marina right yeah and it's a it's in a day use area so we're gonna meet there about eight and then uh finish up at three uh just a pretty good project to get people out and help us sink some trees in the lake right tell us Tell us, uh, when you're talking about sinking trees, you actually have a pontoon boat that's designed for that, don't you? Yeah. We actually, right now, we have uh, we have a large um, habitat barge that, uh, that, that we got through a grant from this Reservoir Fish Habitat Partnership. Actually, uh, the funding came from the Fish America Foundation and the Arkansas Game and Fish. And we have a, uh, it's a 27-foot uh, barge that has a, a dump bed on it. Uh-huh. And the dump bed will lift 8,000 pounds. Wow. So, and then we also put a winch on the front of it. So if we have a bigger tree, um, we can winch it up onto the boat and then tie blocks on it and drive it to wherever we need to sink it. And then you just uh, you fire up a generator and push a button. And it <laughs> tilts up and dumps the brush in the lake. Right. So what size, uh, you talk about brush piles, you're talking about logs. Uh, what What do you normally sink when, you, when you're so, going in there? So with... Uh, with you know the Beaver Lake's owned by the Corps of Engineers. Right. We uh, we got permission. The game Arkansas Game and Fish got permission from the Corps to cut cedar trees around uh, different areas of the lake that that we manage for Beaver Lake WMA, the wildlife right. management area. Uh-huh. So we are uh, we're allowed to cut cedar trees in certain areas. Um, these cedar trees can be anywhere from you know six inches in diameter to right. twenty inches in diameter. Wow. And the, yeah, those twenty-inch diameter ones; those will be there for a long time. Right. You know, I mean, we have uh, there's 
standing timber that's been in the lake and has been there for 56 years. You know, right. so you're thinking a, a gigantic cedar tree like that is going to be in for a lo- in in the water for a long time. And we we uh, we attach blocks to them, so right. like a big 20 inch cedar tree that may be 30 feet tall. Um, we're putting 30 35 blocks on it. On one sure. end of them, and then that does that that make them uh, horizontal, right? How well, how do it, they sit in the water that, then? With the, yeah, with that many blocks, normally, uh-huh. and, and you think about it, these trees that we're putting in, like a 20 inch diameter tree is right. is big. It's got some limbs on it that are five six inches in diameter, uh-huh. and the whole the whole tree itself, even if it lays over, it's you know it's got a circumference of like 10 to 15 feet. It's a huge. Right, huge. So if it falls over, it's going to be really good habitat too. And with you know when we put thirty some blocks on a tree, you you've got to pretty much line the tree with them. So it a lot of those big trees lay over. Right. But it but it provides really good habitat because like I said, they're uh, they have huge limbs on them when they're that right. big. Um, but now smaller trees, you know some of those six, eight eight inch trees. Um, if we put all the block on the butt in that's cut right they'll stand up for a while yeah they could stand up for a year or so right and so what kind of depth of water are you looking for when you place them and what you're you're also looking at the structure on the bottom are you not yeah yeah so the the best place to put brush and and fish habitat like that is on a point or a flat where there is no brush uh-huh. um you know if they're that's going to really right. help the, a point or flat out uh it'll fish will be They'll find it right away. We were sinking some back in September, and by the end of the day, we were seeing bluegill on these on these piles of, of uh, cedar trees we put out. We're doing, uh, like if we're on the main lake, we're going to put them at least 15 feet deep at normal pool. Fifteen, right. to, They could be 15 to 25 feet deep. But in the backs of coves, like in the back of Joe Creek, we've got a big, uh, we're calling a spawning reef. It's probably 20 yards long of of a bunch of trees that we've put in right they, they start anywhere from six feet of water and they'll go to 15 right so we're gonna we're gonna try to put some more in the backs of coves that are uh shallower so when the lake is if, let's say the lake is at normal pool in the spring right that they're gonna be you know between six and 15 feet deep and then yeah, if it's high they're you know if it's six feet high they're gonna be you know, around the 12 foot range. So we're trying to put some in the backs of coves where you don't have much boat traffic as far as like spears, Uh putting them a little shallower for, uh, if, you know, when the fish come in to spawn right in the spring. And so wood itself is, is covered, but talk about, uh, shadows and shade. Isn't that an important part of, of the structure itself? Yeah, so especially for largemouth bass, um, largemouth bass really like some type of overhead cover. Uh-huh. So they'll, uh, you know, they'll be attracted, or they'll be around a lot of uh, hardwoods or some of those gigantic cedar trees that we have. If there's shade, they'll be, you know, they'll be kind of hiding out in that. But uh, it's a uh, those cedar trees, and and the whole goal of the fish habitats site is to uh, basically what happens is you put this brush in the water, and it uh. It'll over time algae will grow right. into that grow into that brush. Then you'll have bait fish move in. Uh, some some species of fish will actually they'll eat periphyton or the algae that's on a uh, on a tree. Uh-huh. And then that brings in fish that eat the smaller fish. Um, but you know, so 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 you'll have 
uh, those brush piles will have bigger fish that people can catch around them. A lot right. of crappie, a lot of bass. But then, depending on how dense the structure is, your small crappie or small bluegill or small bass can get at can hide from being eaten in the in, you know in the brush pile. So they're they're right. a benefit, definitely a benefit to the fishery. They're also a benefit to the anglers because fish congregate around them. Right. So you can, you know, you can find all of our sites. We're trying to make these sites really big. Right. So you'll have at least six, up to six large trees on, on a site. Uh-huh. So they're, I mean, they're big. You can, you know, they're, they're going to be as big around as this dock pretty much with that, right. kind of, that kind of structure. So you can find them on a, on any kind of depth finder pretty easily. So uh, if you're coming to volunteer, uh, any recommendations? Bring gloves, wear pants. Yeah, what yeah, do you have? We, we're recommending that people wear gloves, wear pants, uh, closed-toed shoes. We don't want anybody out there with sandals because we're going to be uh, we're going to be dragging cedar trees down to the shoreline. We're going to be attaching right. forty-pound blocks to them with wire or rope, uh-huh. and then uh, we'll actually get volunteers on our boats and help them they're they're going to help us so we have that really big habitat barge that has a dump bed but then we have two other they're flat deck barges that are uh 20 they're like 22 feet long right and we can pull trees onto those smaller ones that are manageable and then Uh have the have the um, volunteers we'll we'll throw them off by hand i got you yeah all right so yeah definitely need to be using uh definitely need you know, closed-toed shoes is a big thing. All you know, right. some boots, um, pants, and uh, we're going to have water and Gatorade for the for, right. for anybody. Uh, bring bring a lunch, and uh, yeah, we got a. We did this already in September with uh, Hook Line and Sinker Outdoors. Right, where, uh, they're putting on that. You know, they got volunteers. We got about fifteen volunteers, and we put out fourteen new habitat sites in a couple cool. days. So. And these habitat sites will they be put on the uh, website then after yeah. after a while? Yeah, it takes about anywhere anywhere about a month for once we get the sites. We'll take right. GPS coordinates from each site, uh-huh. send them to our Little Rock office to our GIS division, and then they'll put them on our website. You can yep. just go to agfc dot com and uh, and look up. Uh, fish habitat structures and you can right. find a map it's a you can find a map of these and you can download those too and i forget i'm pretty sure they do Lawrence and they do one other maybe i think we have hummingbird or garmin i think they the have one yeah i think they have directions now for all three all three you can get them okay all three. good and they, they show you step by step how to do it right and uh one thing we do want to do is find out how many people we're going to have at the project so it Anybody that wants to volunteer can call me at my uh, on my my phone number. It's four seven nine six four zero six four two two. Okay, and that way they can uh, you know they can call or text me. That way we know how many people to expect to show up. So we're talking about brush. Let's talk about that crappie. You had like a crappie program earlier this year where they did uh, you did a release of some. Right. So we have a uh, we have a nursery pond at. You know, on, on Beaver Lake, it's in the uh, Blackburn Creek area, uh-huh. and uh, so it's a it's a 28 acre pond that was designed back in the 80s. And basically, the goal behind it is to put uh, adult crappie in there in the spring, um, 
We normally put 400 to 500 adult crappie in there. We get them uh-huh. from Beaver Lake. Sometimes we get them from other lakes, but mainly we get them from Beaver. And we're allowing them to naturally spawn. Right. And then we fertilize the pond, makes it super productive, so you have a huge number of fingerlings that are that are spawned. Right. Um, and, you know, that's different. The difference between doing that and just, you know, have them in the lake is there. It's only crappie in there. There aren't any bass. There aren't any right. other predators that can be eating them. Right. And so we get, you know, we get pretty huge numbers of fish that can be released right into Beaver Lake. At a, at a, it's, it's fairly cheap to do. Right. And so this year we stocked. We we figure we stocked three hundred thousand wow. fingerling crappie into the pond. Um, but over the last 10 years of Beaver Lake Nursery Pond, we've stocked over two and a half million, uh, fingerling crappie into the pond and into Beaver Lake right? from, from the nursery pond. And then, uh, the goal is to obviously to have some natural reproduction or to have some recruitment where those fish are actually being caught by right. anglers. What's, uh, what's the, how big is a crappie when it goes to reproduction? How big right. normally are they? So they can be, uh, you know, they can start spawning fairly, fairly small, like eight inches in size, uh-huh. eight to ten inches. You know, they're 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 already spawning. All right. So, uh, you know, within a couple of years on Beaver Lake, your fish are going to be of spawning size. Um, all of them will be naturally, you know, of spawning size at ten inches. I got gotcha. you. About takes about three years to get to ten inches. Hmm. Interesting. Now I'm going to switch gears. We're going to go to uh, where you're giving money away. That's right. They're giving money away. But there's a catch. What's the catch? Yeah, the catch is you have to catch uh, A-tagged striped bass in Beaver Lake. Right. Um, We have 250 tagged fish right now in the lake. Um, And basically we're trying to find out how many striped bass are being harvested. We're We're doing this on Lake Washita, Norfolk Lake, and Beaver Lake. Right. And if you catch a striped bass that has a tag in it, they're kind of a red tag. It's maybe that long. Uh, it's on the on the top of the fish, on the side of it. <clears throat> if you get if you catch one, you call a number on on the tag, which is my coworker's cell phone number. He'll ask you a few questions right. about where you caught it. What uh, you know, did the big the big thing is is we're wanting to find out did you harvest that fish or did you release it. Right, and then after they answer the questions, they can send one of the tags back in, and then we'll uh, we'll mail them a check for a hundred dollars. Um, and the reason why we do that is we want we only tag two hundred and fifty. Right, you know, in a huge lake that like Beaver, that's twenty eight thousand five hundred acres. Um, that's not a huge number of fish, and we want all the tagged fish that are caught turned back in or called right. in. Um, so far, we've had about. I think we've had about around 35, 35. returned. Yeah. And uh, that's that's kind of what we expected um, with 250 tagged. It's a big lake. Right. It's kind of like winning the lottery, really, when you catch one. <laughs> well, but the thing is that we're starting to roll into these uh, cooler cooler temperatures and the water temperatures. Of course, Beaver Lake's right behind us, and this is the White River Arm. And I think the earliest I ever caught one that had any size to them was about October 17th. I think uh, Steve Wright took a picture, and I was in the paper one time for, because they were desperate for a fish picture, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of unusual, but uh, uh, somewhere in there, once that 
I think once that starts rolling in and little cooler temperatures, more activity, more more consistently feeding where anglers can catch them, you might get you might be shelling out some money. Yeah, that's right. We're hoping that we get a few more tag returns. Right. Because um, the more we have, the better the better data we have. What um, size were they that you tagged? Because so yesterday, yesterday I hammered them pretty good, but yeah. the trouble was they're. They were little they were, ones, huh? They were. <laughs> we we uh we tagged fish that were catch were above twenty inches. So we uh-huh. got we just it, it's a variety of fish between twenty one, probably twenty to to we had some that were around we had one that was at least forty, forty two inches long, so it's just a wide variety of lengths really? that, we, that we tagged, yeah. So we gotta we gotta talk a little bit about walleye. Walleye oh, yeah. fishing on beaver. Tell us, is it good or bad? I already know the answer. Oh, right now, well, this summer has been really good. People that were using bottom bouncers, uh-huh. night crawler, spinner rigs, stuff like that. Um, it's really picking up, and a lot of it has to do with we're getting off really good uh, natural reproduction. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We know that from a previous study that about sixty percent. You know, we're we're getting about forty percent of the fish out there. Um, that we see are naturally reproduced. Uh-huh. We're still, we still have some. Uh, we're still getting some pretty good stock contribution. So, sixty percent of the fish that we we caught in a study uh-huh. were stocked. Right. And so that's that's will fishing is really good right now. Um, there's a lot of fish over eighteen inches, which is the right. minimum length limit. Every time I go out, it seems like all I can catch are seventeen and three quarters. But <laughs> give them a little bit, yeah. Give them a give them a few months, and they'll be eighteen. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, uh, that it's a very popular fishery walleye right. is, and uh, so you are you are you going to stock them? Like, do you have plans to stock them? Or are you are you done with that because of natural reproduction? Well, uh, we still get pretty good natural reproduction, with, or, or I mean, we still get pretty good numbers of stocked fish that survive about 60%. Yeah. So every other year we're going to do a walleye spawning project. Okay. We'll, we'll go, uh, mm-hmm. you know, below, we could go above, you know, in the river arms, war Eagle, uh, uh-huh. white river to get brood stock. Right. Uh, we'll spawn. If they're ready to spawn, we'll spawn them on the bank. Uh, which, which means we just take their eggs, fertilize their eggs. Right. Um, and then take them back to the hatchery and the hatchery will raise them up to about an inch and a half. Right. And then we stock them back into the lake. Um, and they, it's, it's done really well. I mean, that's how uh-huh. we established the fishery, the walleye fishery and beaver was through stocking. Yeah. And over time we may not have to stock anymore, but right now we think we do. Next time you're on the show, we're going to talk about the biomass f- and where how this all gels together, how you're able to have stripers and walleye and brim and catfish and crappie and bass and, and how you you manage that, that biomass. We'll do that next time right. though, but uh, that takes us to a tackle time. Tackle time sponsored by Pico Lures and uh, Rose Metal Products has trophy graph systems. And so uh, we're gonna give them a shout out this week. If you want to catch some of those walleye we've been talking about, uh, a striper, make some money, fish some picos, I guess, so you can catch them. But uh, go out there. You can check them out at uh, picolures.com. If they want to find out more, you gave out your phone number once, but do it again for the uh, for the upcoming event. Yeah, right, and any questions anybody has about uh, fisheries in northwest uh-huh. Arkansas, the number is 479-640-6422.
All right. Sounds good. Right. Appreciate it. Hopefully you have a whole bunch of people uh, volunteer and show up yeah. and uh, get a lot of that um, that habitat put in the lake. And so, uh, so that's good. Like I always like to end the show, make sure you keep your hook sharp and your lures in the water. 